All right. All right. We are, we are back, back here with the 12th, 12th edition of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line, and I have Action Jackson here with me. Uh, Action, how is it going out there, and uh, what's uh, what's going on in the world of sports? Man, I, I have to tell you, it's uh, I think it's pretty much raining everywhere. This is what I can gather. Uh, but man, uh, the world of sports is—it's happening. And, and you know, I just want to mention when I hear our intro music, you might have to go back and see some replays of Triple H entering that ring. But it just makes me want to just spew coffee all in the air or whatever I'm drinking. And, uh, <laughs> and it always—it always excites me to be here with you. And uh, you know. Uh, and the world of sports is, is, is just, uh, man, I, wherever you start is going to be A-OK with me. But I, I just want to make a mention that uh, the transfer portal shines once again for the Arkansas Razorbacks with the news of uh, Maumelle's own Jacoby Criswell deciding to come back to Arkansas, transferring back from the University of North Carolina to uh, probably be K.J. Jefferson's backup next year so. That's pretty big news uh, for me. Uh, I was kind of disheartened when he decided to go away from Arkansas, and I'm I'm glad he decided to come back home. So that's that's pretty big news for me. Well, now as an Arkansas and NC State fan, I can tell you that's the biggest no-brainer transfer that I've ever heard. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad glad to have him coming back for sure. And uh, if there's one thing we learned that we definitely needed this year on the Arkansas Razorbacks football team. It's quarterback depth. You yeah. really can't have too much of it. And um, right. especially in this day of age with quarterbacks going down left and right. I mean, just look at the NFL and, you know, it's shocking because in the NFL, it's almost like they don't allow them to touch them anymore. The, the problem is that quarterbacks are too protected in my eyes. Oh, um, I agree. At the college level, it's, you know, I think a, a lot uh, more like it used to be, but, you know, they're younger. Um, but still, you've uh, the NFL quarterbacks, you've got them going down all the time, and at college yeah. level too. Absolutely. So it, it you can't have too much depth, so that's definitely great news. Um, Absolutely. More great news, had to throw it out there. Um, I think one of the big – uh, headlines for for this week in, in sports was uh, the the Brittany Griner uh, situation with uh, her coming back home. Just wanted to express how happy we are, how happy I am, and uh, sure you are too. Action uh, to have yep. uh, a two time Olympic gold medalist who was uh, wrongfully imprisoned by a hostile country uh, coming back home to the United States. Uh, that just really warms my heart to see her back here and you know i hope we can we can work on getting other people who are wrongfully detained home too but uh it's just so great to see her back and uh actually playing basketball already so Uh, wonderful that's great news you know it's absolutely always great when we can get one of our own uh a fellow american uh back back on on our soul and uh it, it was uh it was great news to great news to see that for sure yeah. Um, we uh, last time on the podcast we had our twelve bowls of Christmas, and uh, we promised that we would 
preview some of those or all of those on this uh, this edition of the podcast. Um, the first one that we mentioned last week is the ReliaQuest Bowl between Mississippi State and Illinois. And uh, as many of our listeners know, we have some very sad news to... Uh, can't all be good news, can it? It really can't. It really can't. Uh, it, and it's shocking, you know. It's You never... Never expect it, but um, but Mike Leach, the head coach of Mississippi State, uh, passed away, uh, I believe it was yesterday, um, at the age of 61, yeah, which is bad, yeah, a, a lot younger than many of the coaches out there. I mean, I think he always had health issues, and you know, it was it was known that he had health issues, but uh, you could never expect somebody to you know. Just, just pass away suddenly like that with really no warning. You know, he he was at practice on on Saturday, and I think Sunday is when he. I think they reported he had a heart attack, and uh, they took him to the hospital. And by Tuesday, he was no longer with us. Um, yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's a tragic thing, and it's it's like many people have reported. Um, he was a real innovator. In, in college football and uh, just wanted to say, I mean, uh, he, he started his career at, at, at um, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think it was Texas Tech, was it? I believe, I believe you're correct. Uh, started his career with Texas Tech. Yeah. And then he, he coached there for about nine years, and then he went to Washington, coached the Washington Huskies. Uh, I, I think I think Washington State. Washington uh, State, thank you, Washington yeah, State. Yeah, absolutely. The Cougars, and uh, coached them for about seven years, and then he made the jump to the SEC. And as we know, uh, for a lot of coaches who who come to the SECs from other conferences, I mean, just look at uh, Jimbo Fisher and you know Brett Bielema and. I mean, you could go down a list of a host of others. It, it's it's a rude awakening when you come here after experiencing success in another conference. But Mike Leach was, I mean, the proof was in the pudding with him because Absolutely. he had Mississippi State completely turned around. Uh, not only was he they surviving in the, not only were the Bulldogs surviving in the SEC under Coach Leach, they were thriving succeeding and uh and and honestly uh accelerating i I feel like uh who knows what might have happened if he would have continued on for three or four more years you know right and you know i I was gonna feel i was gonna feel sorry for for anybody that had to try to fill his shoes and you know obviously they've already made their move and uh, they named the the interim coach as the as the next head coach at Mississippi State. So they didn't want to put the fan base through any kind of coaching service. They didn't want to change too much of the landscape. They, uh, I mean, I think in this bowl game, which we're going to talk about, I think Will Rogers can come out there and run the offense, and I think he's going to do a, a spectacular job. And I think they're going to do it for Coach Leach. And you know, uh, I mean, I, I never, I don't know what it's like to lose a coach. Uh, to death uh, while he's, you know, obviously still an active coach, but I know what it's like to change coaches, and that was, uh, you know, definitely uh, uh, culture shock. So I can only imagine losing one uh, to 
entities in the SEC suffer any kind of loss like this. So uh, definitely, definitely heavy, heavy hearts talking about this bowl game. But uh, just to just to kick it off, Big Mo, uh, I've got a. I've got Mississippi State winning this 35-17 over uh, Brett Bielema and uh, Illinois, Illinois fighting the line. Well, I, I can't disagree with that because I really uh, – I, I would hate to be Illinois playing this game. Um, you know, Mississippi State, I, I cannot imagine how uh, – the, the emotions that they're going to be playing with. And I have to imagine that brings out the best in you athletically because this is going to be – this game is frankly going to be deeper than sports. You know, it's, Absolutely. It, it really is. And, um, uh, it's going to be played, uh, obviously on, you know, one of your favorite fields, the uh, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Raymond James stadium. And, and maybe somebody can win there because, uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about that, but, uh, <laughs> well, they, uh, uh, I, I did not know this, and I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'd like to know if our if our listeners out there did. But Coach Leach's nickname was actually the Pirate. Yeah, and that, I mean that's something that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, he I, was a big fan of pirates, you know, his yeah. entire career, and, and he actually had a life size talking pirate in his office. Wow. And so to have this this game being played um, on a field which has, you know, obviously the home of the Buccaneers and has a pirate logo on it, it, it kind of gives you chills a little bit, you know? And, you know, About, I want to I say, you know, also with Mike Leach, I mean, he's a brilliant man. He's, he was an attorney. I mean, he's, 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 not, just, he's not just smart on the football field. He, he, he had a degree, a law degree, and at hmm. that, so... I mean, he's not, you know, you weren't just dealing with a football coach. You were dealing with, with somebody that has a very brilliant mind. Huh. Yeah. I so did not know that. Out there for you. Yeah. Wow. That's that's why we rely on, on Action Jackson there to <laughs> to go our, our in-depth research. But, yeah, he, he will be – he'll be sorely missed. And, um, yeah, just, just one of the um, true, I guess, Hall of Famers out there, the, one of the names that – that uh, everybody everybody wanted to, to coach for him and very few wanted to, to coach against, yeah, and, uh, you know, play if against. Not a Hall of Famer, you need to change your credentials because I did hear today that, you know, something about his winning percentage was a point away from being Hall of Fame worthy. And if, if that's what keeps Mike Leach out huh. of the Hall of Fame, then we definitely need to lower, uh, to, to broaden the horizons of the Hall of Fame because I think he's a Hall of Famer in my book. No doubt. No, you're talking about coaching a Division One head coach for 22 years. Yep. I, I mean, he had a lifetime percentage of 50, 59 point something, and they said that one of the credentials for the Hall of Fame is a 60 percent winning percentage. Now, so that's just a travesty if that's actually true. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I want to say, I mean, obviously, Co- Coach Leach, he did as much at Mississippi State with what he had as as anybody could do. Absolutely. Uh, Air raid offense is nasty. I mean, and they didn't have that before he got there. And we know how much trouble it gave our beloved Razorbacks. And there's a lot of teams that leave a game against them scratching their heads like, what just happened? You know, they, they threw four or five yard passes and they beat us sixty to three. So, I mean, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but I mean that's how bad they beat some teams. 
and they did it quick and in a hurry. And before yeah. you know it, you're down, you're down 30, and you're looking for your backups because you don't want to get your starters hurt because you can't keep up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they uh, that's that, that, that's predict 35 to 17 is the prediction on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, from that's the, what I'm from, going with from our podcast. And uh, I do want to. Uh, well, I also want to mention that you know, obviously, they have decided to play the game. It is official that they will play. They talk to the coaching staff and the players and the athletic director and they all decided i mean it was what coach leach would have wanted and absolutely it, I, I have no doubt about that you might have he, seen a resurrection from the grave if they decided not to play that because <laughs> he, he would i mean if anybody rolls over in their grave he would have definitely set up in that casket like wait what are we doing why are we not playing a football game today let's go i mean uh, yeah, that definitely you have to do it for the man's memory, for his legacy, and uh, I, I think they go out there and win for for those reasons alone, and and not to mention they'll be the better football team on the field. Let's not let's not forget about the players in the game. I, I think that they will field a better team than than Illinois. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so moving on to our, our next uh, bowl on the 12 Bowls of Christmas, that's the Pinstripe Bowl between Minnesota and Syracuse. Have you uh, been able to think about how this one's going to turn out, Jackson? Well, not not near as many thoughts on this one as, as obviously that first one, so I'm sure some of these will go pretty quick. Uh, you know, you mentioned the you know this is the home field advantage, and Syracuse is basically going to have home field advantage in this game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you know there's there's some defense played but not much being a bowl game bowl atmosphere. I'm gonna go Syracuse 37, Minnesota 28. Okay. Well, now I, I've seen both these teams play. Okay. Uh, fairly recently, and my feeling on this game was the opposite that this was going to be an old-fashioned defensive slugfest. Between these two teams, now you may be right. You may, I mean, you you may be right, but that's that was my impression was this is a game that is not going to have much scoring. So, so you, now you're going with Minnesota. Uh, uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, that's right. You're going Syracuse. So, I mean, it's 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 hard to it's hard to go against Syracuse. I think on this. I do think it's going to be close. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to throw one out. I'm, I want to say it's going to be Minnesota. And uh, let me say uh, I, I'm going to do 24 to 21 Minnesota. Wow. 24-21 Minnesota. Now, fans, I hope you're archiving this somewhere because, you know, you're not going to find a lot of places where we disagree. So mark this down somewhere if you're keeping score at home. I mean, I, I, I will say I watched a lot of that game between Minnesota and Wisconsin. That was on the road. Yeah. And I was, I'm, I'm presuming this is going to be somewhat of a road game. And I was highly impressed uh, with the Gophers. I was highly impressed. And so I don't think they're going to back down. I know they can play defense. And I know Syracuse can definitely play defense. Right. It, it depends on which Syracuse team shows up 
but um, you know, I, I, I just throw it, I want to throw a disclaimer out there for these stores. So most of these that I have, because as college football as a whole hasn't seen very much defense played uh, this year. I mean, you you've seen some just ridiculous basketball scores, and and I think that's going to reflect in some of these scores that I give you. So I just want to throw that warning out there for you uh, as we continue. No, you're right about that for sure. Um, so, no, you – I mean, Syracuse is one of those teams where you just never know who's going to show up. You know? Exactly right. And so, um, well, we'll see, uh, how, you know, how it plays out. But 30 – we're going to go – the official one's going to be 37-28. So, y'all, y'all bank on that one. I'm just – I'm just throwing one out there for my own, my own sake, I guess. Um, going on to our number ten bowl is the Fenway Bowl, uh, Louisville versus Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts on this one, Jackson? Is this this oh. now this one here to me? I mean, again, just sizing up these two teams with the naked eye. This looks like a high scoring affair. Can't disagree with that, and I didn't really go high scoring, but I went close, and uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go officially Cincinnati 28, Louisville 24. Okay, so we got 28-24, got Cincinnati winning. Uh-huh. Uh, that that sounds about right to me. That sounds that sounds about right. I, I I would I would I honestly expect there to be more scoring than that. Could, could very well be. Could very well be. So, I would take the what's that the fifty two point if if the over let's see what the over under is if they if they have that. Fenway Bowl. I think we pretty much just said it for them at 52. I mean, that's... <laughs> 52. If, if that's the over-under, I'm taking the over if it's 52. Uh, I, mean, I, I can't disagree with it. Okay, the, the over-under... Huh. Uh, listeners, please go to your local kiosk uh, local betting kiosk and uh, and place a bet on our behalf. Uh, the over under I'm I'm seeing here is forty two point five. Wow. Okay, that's the over under. Anybody who does not if if you if you're interested in betting, you know if you're not interested, that's good. That's probably for the best. But if you're interested in betting, no you need to place a bet on the over on this forty two point five. You're telling me that both of these two teams, if they just score over, if they score 43 points combined, you're going to win money on that. And uh, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think you'd make a whole lot because I, I assume everybody's doing that. But uh, yeah, nobody's taking the under on this one. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. 
So, uh, yeah, that, that 28 to 24 score, I think that's very uh, restrained. Uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, NC State versus Maryland. Are we going to see more defense in this one, Jackson? Oh, I, I think we see more defense, but I think it's one-sided on defense. I, I got I got the Wolfpack winning 38 to 17 over Maryland. Wow. 38 to 17. Okay, well, I'm liking that. As, 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 as an NC State, State fan, I, I definitely have to agree with that one. Uh, do you think it's just uh, Wolfpack's uh, – you think they're just the better team, or do you think Maryland is, is going to be outmatched in this one? Uh, well, not only do I think the NC State's the better team, but I think Maryland makes some mistakes, and NC State capitalizes on those mistakes. Maybe a maybe a three turnover, possibly take one to the house. Uh, that that kind of affair for the Wolfpack, and uh, they just they just feast on uh, on Maryland's mistakes. All right, very good. They uh, they actually have um, they actually have Maryland is actually in the odds. Maryland is predicted to win this one. Maryland is a point-and-a-half favorite in this game with an over-under of 48. So, uh, Jackson is not buying that. He's He's got a 21-point victory that blows the over-under away. So, yeah, I have to agree with him. That would be a golden example of why I'm not an odds maker right there, everybody. So, well, you, well, maybe you should be, though. Well, I mean, that's quite possible. Because I got I got two bets that I'm placing here. If, if again I'm not a big betting person, but if I was, I, I'm going to take NC State to win that, and I'm going to take Louisville and Cincinnati to beat the over under. So we've got two two bets right there that I'm feeling real real good about. Uh, moving on to the Texas Bowl, we got Texas Tech against Ole Miss. Uh, any thoughts on this? Well, this is this is one of those uh, uh, examples of no defense in college football. We know Ole Miss is not going to play any, uh, but I do have the, the Rebels winning fifty-two to thirty-nine over uh, Texas Tech. That's that's fifty. Fifty-two to thirty-nine. Fifty-two to thirty-nine. All right, Ole Miss, and so that you're, you're predicting ninety-one points to be scored. Wow, <laughs> isn't that it's not crazy. <laughs> Some of these scores are seem astronomical, but looking at the landscape of college football this year, there's just not a lot of defense played across the country outside of the top four or five teams. You know, I mean, I think you can make an argument after that. Who, who's the worst defense? So, yeah. Uh, it, it looks to me like the odds makers are very much on board with that because they have a 70-point over-under in that game. I repeat, they have a 42.5 point over/under in Louisville, Cincinnati. They have a 70 point over/under in oh, Texas in Ole Miss against Texas Tech. They favor the Rebels by three and a half points. Defense. I mean, that that made my argument for me, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely will have to rule in your favor on on this one for sure. Uh, next. Uh, 
Next bowl is the Las Vegas Bowl. We've got Oregon State against Florida. And uh, this is one of those bowls that I'm really looking forward to seeing these two teams square off. Who do you think comes away with uh, with this oh, one, Jackson? You talked me, talk me into this one, Big Mo. So far, this is your fault. You talked me into it. <laughs> uh, I, I hardly ever go against the SEC in a bowl game. Uh, but I am picking the Oregon State Beavers to beat the Florida Gators. I gave you that beaver fever, didn't I? In a shootout. All right. Well, believe it or not, the odds makers agree with with Las Vegas. Hey, this is the Las Vegas Bowl, so this is the bowl where you would assume uh, the probably uh, the uh, you know the betters or the the uh, odds makers should be the most on top of because they'll probably be there for this one. There, many people betting will be um, in Las Vegas. Uh, they have Oregon State favored by six and a half mm-hmm. over Florida, and the over under is fifty five. So, um, yeah, you're you're usually above the over under, Jackson. You're 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 running you're basically when in doubt, uh, listeners, uh, pick the over. It's what yeah, over. action's yeah. telling you. Pick the over. If you must, I mean, if you must. Yeah, I, I, I've got a soft spot for Oregon State after after that comeback that they made against Oregon. That's, that was just a strong effort. But I like Florida too. I, I just I, I really think Oregon State is the better team. I, I, I think they are. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. All right, now one of your well, your games that you were looking forward to. Let's let's switch gears here. Okay, let's go to the anti. Over the the one game where you're probably I'm just predicting you're not going to take the over here, and that's Wisconsin Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. Now tell me you you're not taking the the over on this. Well, I'm 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 not sure what it is. Uh, of course, I, I have no idea. But uh, before you throw it out there, uh, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys to win a close game, one point. Okay. Oklahoma State, 24. Wisconsin, 23. Wow. Very good. Well, you you have exceeded the over again. Did they give this one a 43-point over? So I have no doubt. <laughs> you're predicting 47. Now, the, the odds makers are for Wisconsin. They have Wisconsin as a three-point favorite. Um, I don't know about that. I, I think I'd have to go to Oklahoma State, too. Let's not forget Oklahoma State, for a large part of the season, was a top eight team. Okay? They were in the playoff hunt. Absolutely. For a large part of the season and are without question the best football team in Oklahoma, which is saying a lot, usually. So, uh, and, you know, um, and Wisconsin has not has not looked particularly particularly. I mean, they, they've had their moments. They're they're kind of like Syracuse. You never know who's going to show up for that one. But um, yeah, I, I have to I have to agree with that one. That that's that's to me. I, I don't really know what's going to happen that game, but I wouldn't bet against Oklahoma State. Uh, next up is the Liberty Bowl, which I'm getting 
excited for. I'll be attending okay. Arkansas against Kansas. I mean, obviously uh, don't tell me you're going with the Jayhawks on uh, on this podcast I mean, action. Absolutely not. Arkansas favored by three points in this game, probably mostly because of location. And uh, and the over-under is 68 and a half. So you, you, your score adds up to 61 here. But I can't say I disagree with it. Um, I think it's going to be a tighter game than that. I, I, I can almost I can almost guarantee you this is going to be a reasonably close game. Arkansas is not going to blow out Kansas. I mean, uh, anybody, I, I know everybody, most people listen to this are Hog fans. I am too. But let's be realistic. This is, you know, we've, we're, we've got a lot of players not playing. Kansas has a lot to play for because, honestly, when was the last time Kansas was in a bowl? I'm looking this up here. The last now it wasn't the nineties. Uh am I am I seeing this right? Am I seeing that you 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 won't believe this. I, I actually remember this, but only vaguely. And I'm sure many of our listeners will listen to this. If you roll back about fourteen years, wow. Kansas had a legendary team that was Actually, um, at the time, there was an argument they should be playing for the national championship. Wow. Yeah, they were... That, that one slipped my memory. Yeah, they were... Um, hmm. Wow. Hmm. Or was this the national championship? Okay. Now, this, this was very close to it. The, Kansas won the Big 12... And went undefeated. Mm. Undefeated. I, I I believe here the guy was eleven and one. Was that one? Was that one loss before or after that game? Yeah, that, that's shocking. I've, I've I would I would have stuck with my gut with the nineties. Uh, wow. But. I'm sorry. No, no. They, Kansas was not. Uh, they, they, they had one loss. They had one loss, but they won the Big Twelve championship, and they faced Virginia Tech, who won the ACC championship in the Orange Bowl. In the Orange Bowl. Now, I, I may have mentioned on this podcast before. It's always been my desire for NC State to go to the Orange Bowl. That's kind of 
Yes. What we, we look forward to every year, hope for. Uh, Kansas. Kansas has been to the Orange Bowl more recently than NC State. Kansas. Wow. Wow. Nobody would have seen that one coming. Shocked me. But not only did Kansas go to the Orange Bowl, they won the Orange Bowl action. In two, the 2008 FedEx Orange Bowl, Kansas 24, Virginia Tech 21. So anyone who thinks that we're going to blow Kansas out of the water or that there's some kind of second-tier school, uh, Kansas is very capable of winning bowl games, too, as they showed that year and, and when they have a team. And they've got a team this year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you because they, I mean, they didn't start the season 5-0, and and they – they they trailed off after that. So, uh, well, I'm, I, I just there's something about these Razorbacks that intrigue me, especially putting all these guys out of there that are beyond. Most of them haven't played much this year, and I think we go out there with a lot of pride and we show them that hey, this was a team at one time that could have won ten ball games, folks, and this is why. And I, I just think that I, I think they they spoiled. Kansas is run back to the uh, to the bowl picture, and they show them that hey, you might be good this year, but but you're not quite where you thought you were. Well, if you do the math on the spread, the the, the exact prediction of the spread is forty one to thirty. I mean, I'm sorry, forty one to thirty eight, Arkansas. And uh, I'd be hard pressed to go against that. I, th- I think forty one thirty eight. That sounds about right, but it's it's going to be. A close one. I, I I feel like Arkansas has got a lot more strength on offense than they do on defense at this moment. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if these two take it up and down the field. Yeah. But it, it it should be a good one. But yeah, I'm I'm certainly preparing for a a close a close game. We're having to swear it out, and not a uh, not just a, a celebratory bowl game like like we we've had in. in uh, in the past with some smaller teams. Um, and frankly, uh, sometimes when we expect that, that's when we, you know, we shouldn't be expected to blow out Kansas. Uh, now we got the Cotton Bowl here. Next up uh, it's USC against Tulane. You got a score for me here, Jackson? I absolutely do. Uh, and don't tell me you're expecting the green wave to, to, uh, to to rock the the Greek Trojan boat that's sailing across the United States here. I gave this forward last week, Big Mo. I'm I'm riding the green wave until there's <laughs> more water. And I I mean this you know we've we've got another bowl game on our list that we said we're gonna like more than this one, but this is gonna be a classic. And I think to win this game, Tulane is gonna have to score a lot of points. So there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game. Not going to be a defensive struggle, a defensive battle. USC is not going to play very good defense at all. And I'm picking Tulane to win 38 to 35. Okay. So you, you're picking it to be a 73 points total scored. Uh, actually, the line on this game is USC by a point and a half. So the experts are expecting that this one to be a really close one. Um. And and the because USC is not going to play defense, so Tulane's going to have plenty of opportunity to score. Well, the over under is sixty two, 
So you're you're above the you're definitely taking the over on that. Um, I I think that sounds about right. Like you said, if if Tulane is going to win this game, it's going to be more high scoring than the uh, the over. I mean I mean than than the over under there. If if only sixty two points are scored in this game, Tulane loses. Only way that they win this game is they just have to outscore USC. Got to push it out there, absolutely. Because you're not going to be able to continue to stop Caleb Williams time and time again. Uh, you know, even though Utah did a pretty good job of that, but you know, that's that's Utah. You know, Utah's a little bit better team. Uh, sure. Number three is the Gator Bowl. Now, we're really excited about this one. Notre Dame against South Carolina. And, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, perfect segue because I think Notre Dame's going to have a hard time keeping up with South Carolina. We, we we gave South Carolina their kudos last week. They've been playing with their hairs on fire. They're going to continue playing with their hair on fire. They're going to score a lot of points in this game. Uh, once again, this is going to be an over. Uh, South Carolina, 41. Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, you're dead. Now, you're way over here. You're way over here. I can't I say I necessarily blame you, but uh, the, their Notre Dame's a two-point favorite in the odds, and their the over-under's 52. You've got 71 being scored. Way over, yeah. I, so, I, mean, I figured that was probably high, but uh, I, I just – South Carolina – have a chance here to show if they're for real or not, and I, I think they're for real. I think they're for real too. I just don't see Notre Dame scoring thirty points. That's that's the thing. I think I think you've got this predicted to be closer than it might be. Yeah, I did. I mean, really? It, I I wouldn't be mad at that because I mean I don't necessarily follow Notre Dame. I'm not a fan of Notre Dame, and I'd like to see the SEC be victorious. So. Yeah, I mean, if South Carolina wins it in the runaway, that'd be perfectly fine with me. I'd like to see South Carolina make a statement. I really would. Now, of course, Notre Dame is perfectly capable of winning this game, too. But I would like to see South Carolina make a statement and remind everybody that just because Clemson and Tennessee lost South Carolina, that doesn't mean anything. South Carolina is just a red-hot team. That if we had a 16-team playoff, they might be the national champions. Yeah, and they're and, and they're going to show people, hey, we're not playing Clemson in this bowl game. We're not playing Tennessee in this bowl game. We're playing Notre Dame, and Notre Dame better be ready to play us, or they're going to get hit in the mouth. And South Carolina, we we've said it. You know, has it ever been done that they put two teams out of contention for the playoff? And yeah. I think they're going to show Notre Dame why, once again, you don't step to the SEC because you're not ready for it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we got the Rose Bowl, Utah against Penn State. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Probably going to be another one that busts the over, but I, I love Caleb Rising. <laughs> uh, I think he should have got the trip to New York, uh, which obviously he didn't. And uh, I'm going to pick the Utes, 27-24 over Penn State in a just a classic Rose Bowl game. All right. Well, I do have good news for you. You've actually taken the under on this one. All right. 
And I have to agree with you because I think this is a game that stays on the under. Penn State knows how to play defense, and Utah does too. And I just don't see a whole lot of high-flying action in this game. I think that's about right. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a, a just complete slugfest. There's going to be offense. But I, I have to, I feel like that 27-24, that's about right. That's really about right. I like it. I, I like it, too. Uh, last but not least is our, our most anticipated bowl of, of the entire season, and this is Texas against Washington in the Alamo Bowl. So what do you got for me here, Jackson? Tell me you got something good. As we talked last week, I think the phrase, remember the Alamo is going to be beat into the ground after this game. People are going to get tired of hearing Remember the Alamo. Remember the Alamo. You're going to remember the Alamo Bowl. And I've got Texas winning. It's going to be close. It's going to be kind of back and forth. Maybe a key stop. Win to this game at the end for the long ones. I've got Texas 31, Washington 27. Texas 31 to 27. Well, once again, you have, you have, you've not just taken the under on this. You've taken the way under, way under the over under 68 and a half on this game. You've predicted 58 points. And so uh, Texas is a six point favorite. And um, I I, I think I just have to go ahead and call it. I'm calling Washington in this game. I'm just going to say it. I I think I think Washington is going to win this football game. Because I, I've, after many years of just intense studying and and education and just really meditation on the game of football, I've come to the realization that the team that scores the most points wins. And Washington, I'm here to tell you, Washington is going to score points in this game. They're going to score points. Texas has great defense. The way Texas has won games this season is by keeping the other team from scoring. They haven't been outscoring anybody. But I'm here to tell you, this one here is going to be – I see a barn burner coming, okay? Right. And I don't think Texas can keep up. They're just not used to it. They have not been put in that situation in the year where they have to answer time and time again. Texas has been living and dying on its defense and getting stops and and basically covering up for inadequate offense. That doesn't happen against the Huskies. The Huskies are are just a few big plays from streaking down the sideline and putting in the end zone every time they get the ball. And the fact that people are betting against them that's just that's just going to give them more motivation. And, and you know, folks, this is an opinionated podcast for a reason. It's not a <laughs> for a reason because Big Mo knows this. I'm fixing the fire back, and I'm going to fire <laughs> with one name. I think the one player outside of a quarterback that probably deserved a trip to New York is a guy by the name of B. John Robinson, and I think he is going to show the Washington Huskies time and time again <laughs> what big boy football looks like. And he's going to, I mean, it's going to be smash mouth. And he could set some kind of record in a bowl game for rushing. I mean, it's very highly possible uh, because, I mean, he is like a man possessed. 
best when he gets that ball in his hands. And uh, I think he's a difference maker in this game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, great. I mean, great take, Big Mo. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think it's, no. that, uh, there's going to be a reason that people are screaming, remember the Alamo. <laughs> well, I think so, too. But, hey, I want you to also remember this, Jackson. Texas lost the Alamo. Okay, when we remember the Elmo, Texas lost it, and they're going to lose this one too. All right, <laughs> now it's going to be a brilliant stand, right? It's going to be a legendary stand, but in the end, Texas Texas is going to lose it. You know, we all know the story of the Alamo, and it's a great story, but people have to remember the losing side. Unfortunately, was Texas. Mexico won the Alamo. What say it is Jim Bowie's not walking through that door. Exactly. Jim Bowie and Davy Crockett are not walking through that door. Let me throw some facts at you, Jackson. I'm looking at New Mexico's. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Washington's schedule here, the Huskies. The Washington Huskies, every single time this year, they played a ranked team. They beat them. Okay? Every, they have not lost to a ranked team this season. They played the number 11 at the time, Michigan State Spartans. They beat them by double digits. They played uh, the number 23, Oregon State Beavers, who you're predicting to beat Florida, I agree with. They beat them by three. And they went to the number six, Oregon Ducks, beat them by three points, 37-34. The only two losses Washington has on its schedule are on the road to UCLA and Arizona. Two Two teams that that at the time were not ranked, and in both of those games, uh, Washington scored at least 32 points in in both of those games. Unfortunately, um, or you know, uh, UCLA scored 38 and was able to beat them, and and then Arizona State scored 45 to Washington's 38 was able to beat them, but Texas is going to have to find a lot of points here, and uh, you know the the stocking's only so deep. You know you can't you can't fit an infinite amount of candy in that stocking. I, I just don't I don't know where the points are going to come from for Texas. So. I mean, again, very good points. I mean, uh, and, and that's why, like I said, it's, that's why it's at the top of our list because it's going to be that great of a game. Out, outside of the playoff, it's going to be in the top five games that are going to be talked about going into the next football season. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's why it's number one on the list. It's, it's up there for a reason. And, uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah, great stuff, man. All right. Well, we so uh, those are our twelve bowls of Christmas, folks. Those are the ones we're looking at. Of course, we'll uh, we'll be grading actions, uh, grading his report card after this one too. But I'm I'm feeling like he's got he's got some good picks uh, on here. Uh, certainly some that I I hope turn out right at least. I'm looking at you, yeah, Razorbacks and, and Wolfpack, and 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 Green Wave. Something to be said about bowl season. You just don't ever know what's going to happen, and that's yep. the, that's the thrill of it. And and I hope that you know expansion doesn't kill that that thrill of of, uh, of the bowl games uh, because you know, yes. expanding out to you know a twelve or sixteen team playoff is going to kill a lot of that thrill. And I, I hope there's some of it left after this after this season. But we'll I agree. I agree. That's a good point. 
That is a good point. I, we would not. I don't think we would have. We would not have a Washington Texas matchup if there was a, a expanded playoff because Washington, I think, is one of the top eight teams. And most people would agree. And so we wouldn't have that matchup. Uh, we wouldn't have uh, USC getting to play Tulane, and and the whole country getting to see uh, what a um, you know what was supposedly one of the top four teams in the country before they played their uh, their championship game looks like against the number one mid major in the country. We wouldn't get to see that because USC would be in the playoff playing uh, Ohio State at four versus five seed. And meanwhile, we would still have Tulane on the outside not playing any of those teams because they're somehow ranked 16th, yeah. which would have been, yeah. I mean, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. Definitely a travesty. I, I, would, I would hope that in an expanded situation that, that they would get a nod because I, I feel like they're deserving. Absolutely. So that, well, I definitely feel like they're deserving. I totally agree. And I, here's what I would advocate for is um i mean there probably does need to be some uh i guess restraints or restrictions on it but if you're going to move to a 12 team playoff i think that's what they're going to do right 12 team playoff four buys of those 12 teams one the, the best just like they have the cotton bowl now the best team out there that is a non-major conference team uh, again, assuming that they don't have some kind of terrible record, if there's some kind of restraint about like they have to be ranked in the top 25, something like that, you know, because it's an automatic bid. Got to have one of those teams in there because they don't have an opportunity like they do in basketball to size up with these other teams in a non-conference schedule. You only get 12 games, and eight of those games are against your – you know, eight or nine of those games are against your own own conference members. So, um, and the three that you know, uh, only Kansas State was brave enough to schedule Tulane this year, and guess what? They got waxed. And, and you know, and I think that you know, you you might not be in the advocate position, but I think there are people with that voice that have already made that known. When expansion happens, they want the quote unquote little guy to get the opportunity, which I think they're well, deserving of. Absolutely, and I'm advocating for it right now here on the Home Food Advantage podcast. So we we are letting our voices be heard that we think there should be a mid-major automatic bid. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're not – in basketball, they give every conference champion an automatic bid. We just want the best conference champion to get the bid. And and not to to, – you know, bust your bubble or, or jump ahead of you, but you're talking about advocating, and, and you mentioned basketball. I want to advocate that the Arkansas men's basketball team either figures out a way to play in Little Rock or they stop playing in Little Rock because every time we play in Little Rock, we suck. Well, I, I want to speak. We're playing there this weekend. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, I, I love to see the Central Arkansas games, but you got to figure out a way to motivate the team to play there because when we show up there, we don't play very well. We sure don't. And I, I unfortunately attended the Hofstra game last year when, I mean, we, we looked like, you know, one of the worst teams in the country coming in with, with Hofstra, who was 
either 500 or a losing record. Didn't even have a winning record. And they just handled us for the entire we game. We might as well been the, the generals playing the Harlem Globetrotters because that's what it felt like. Because, I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we were definitely not on the same level as the team that was across from us. And, uh, and that's how we played. And uh, I, I expect something different. Uh, Saturday when we play against Bradley, uh, for what I gather, Bradley is is a very good team. We're once again playing a very good team in Little Rock, so we we need to come ready. Actually, you know, we need to come Big Mo with the with the chip on our shoulder because we, we got disrespected in the polls. I, I don't know if that is disrespect to you, but how do you go to a neutral site against Oklahoma, regardless of Oklahoma's record or how they're Absolutely. playing this year? And beat them, and beat them handily, and drop a drop a spot in the polls. I mean, we we're we're the University of Arkansas. We're not a you know somebody to be frowned on in basketball. And we drop a spot. I, I don't well, understand that. But I think we need to go and we need to play angry. We need to show them, hey, we're number ten for a reason. You're Bradley. Get in the back seat and let us drive this car. We're gonna win. We're gonna win handily and. Just take care of business. That's what we need to go do. We need to go take care of business on Saturday in, in Little Rock. Well, I have to uh, have to say that Coach Musselman probably sent a thank you note or included a Christmas card to the to the pollsters who came out with that poll because that's exactly the type of motivation that he wants at this point in the season. He wants the team to feel disrespected and to feel under undervalued, underrated. And that's exactly what we got. And I hope he's using that in the locker room, saying, look, you, you guys just won two games, and they dropped you in the polls, you know? Because the last thing you want is is after a nice, nice, solid 14-point win over Oklahoma at a neutral site, which is I don't care what they're ranked or what you think of Oklahoma. That's a quality, quality win. Quality win. And it's going to be one that the- – it's going to be one that another group of people looks back at and says, hey, Arkansas won this game against Oklahoma on a neutral court in December. Absolutely. But not forget that because look what Oklahoma did in the, in the Big 12. Absolutely. So, and, and then, you know, I, I think that this could be a game, Big Mo, and you by all means correct me if I'm wrong, but Coach Musselman is big on this NET rating, you know, rating, the net rating. And it has to do with how, you know, how bad you beat teams. And I think this could be a game, if we're able to get ahead, that we, we could put it on, you know, in, in a good way. I mean, you know, a 20-plus a point win, which I think the line's like 20 and a half. So, uh, you know, I, I think it could get ugly for Bradley if, you know, if Arkansas shows up and plays well, which I think they have the capability of doing. Well, we're definitely going to have to make some adjustments, as we did against Oklahoma. But um, to recover from the, the Trayvon Brazil season-ending injury, because he was a huge cog in our in our team, and uh, really appreciate his his three-point shooting early in the season, which uh, I don't think we would have beaten San Diego State without him. Obviously, we have Nick Smith now, um, who's uh, obviously a big big draw, and he's actually going to be playing right down the right down the street from his from his high school. Uh, in, in North Little Rock there, so he should feel right at home. I think the good news is, Jackson, is uh, with this game in Little Rock is, yeah, we lost last year, but none of these guys remember that because they weren't here, except for hey, except for Devo. Right. 
except for uh, uh, Devo, but but Devo's from Jacksonville, so he didn't have any excuse not to play good in front of home yeah, fans. For him too, and, and and I'll be honest, I, I went to the game last year. The, yeah, the only guy who played last year was Devo. Devo Davis was the only guy who came to play in that game against Hofstra, and he tried to carry us by himself. He kept us in the game in a lot of ways by himself. No one else could make a shot except for Devo. And so he played his butt off. You'll see, you'll see it again. I mean, those, those hometown guys, they have a way of showing up for that game. It's just what are the other two or three on the court going to do? And, uh, you know, but, I mean, I, I just think that this team is has a different dynamic. I mean, you're talking about a, a – I've heard it on the radio on, you know, a, a, a show that I'm not, it's no secret, I, I, I love drive time with the best of them. And, and, and they've said it time and time again, this team is one that we need to enjoy because most of these guys aren't going to be there next year. We're talking about four of our potential starting five being drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. So, you you know, you have a Ricky Counts on the court that's not going to be there next year. You have an Anthony Black that's not going to be there next year. You have a Nick Smith that's not going to be there next year, regardless. And so, you know, and, and Jordan Walsh continues to play better, he's probably that fourth guy that's probably going to be looked at in the first round of the NBA draft. And, you know, so we just have to enjoy this while we have it because the team's not going to look the same next year, folks. I just want to throw a spoiler out there for you that, don't get used to these guys because you know they're not going to be around. So we got to enjoy them while they're there. And uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun season, and uh, I'm, I'm interested. Saturday, uh, not even sure what time that game tips off. So if somebody asks me, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm I'm interested to see if this team has that dynamic to step onto that neutral court in front of a home crowd and win the game. Well. I, I hope we do, and I will have to say, uh, like like you point out, that there's a lot of changes in the team. If if we can't get it done, I have to feel like at some point it's not about the team; it's about the venue. It's about people, the stadium in Little Rock, or, or the or the fans in Little Rock. We're just not bringing it. So I, I challenge anyone who shows up to that game. I went to the game last year, and I can tell you that again. Got there before tip-off and, and didn't leave till it was over. We did not call the Hogs in that game. I hate to say this, but we did. And the, some of this may have been due to COVID. I don't know uh, if if that uh, how much that affected it because it, it was, you know, 2021 last year, December 2021. But uh, we did not call the Hogs a single time in that game until eight minutes left in the second half. That's, not one single time. It doesn't even sound like like normal at all. No. So if you go there, uh, you know, again, pandemic. I hope everyone is is you know uh, safe and and you know has taken proper precautions, whatever you need to. But if you go into a basketball game, I assume you're going there to cheer, and that in Arkansas it, it, that requires calling the Hawks. Okay. Uh, there's got to be more than one Hawks. <laughs> What have, what have we come to? You know, Absolutely. So call them loud, call them proud, and call them often. Because, you know, just, hearing uh, the, just hearing the noise in that game last year, Big Mo, it sounded like people were, uh, it sounded like a movie theater, uh, you know, quiet on the set. 
That's what it well, sounded like. like and, and part of it, well, part of it was because Hofstra never really gave us a reason to call them. They just kept their thumb on us the whole game. And we showed up to that game, the fans did, expecting it to be just a walkthrough, easy win. And so no one was really pumped for that game. You got to bring it, Little Rock. You only get one game every year. I know it's Bradley, but 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 be rooting for that game like you want us to not just beat Bradley, but run them back to uh, is it Nebraska, Indiana? Is it Indiana? Run them all the way back to Indiana. Make them run like scalded dogs with their tail between their legs and go the opposite way back home. They can go out of their way to get back home. I don't care as long as we win the game. I mean. Send them back out of there. Illinois. Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. I was yeah. close. Peoria, Illinois. Send them back in, in, in <laughs> coach class. Don't even let them fly first class. Make them, make their coach think, hey, you guys don't deserve first class tickets. We're not flying. No, first. put them on the bus. Coach. Put them on the bus. We're going to fly FedEx. I mean, we're not, we're, we're flying like we're, we're being shipped back. You know. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. I mean, so. uh, you know, but like I, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll advocate for it before we close this one. Again, we're, we are not in a position where we can take walk against anybody in any sport. We're not there. As bad as we want to be, we're not there. We need. We have to show up like we're playing Bama every week. You're playing Bradley? No, you're playing Bama. You know, and it turns out Alabama's very good in basketball. So as far as we're concerned, we're playing Bama Saturday. And go out there and treat them like that. That's who you're playing. And uh, but man, I I mean, what a what a what a time of the year. Like we keep saying, I mean, it sounds like a broken record, but all these sports going on, bowl seasons upon us, college basketball is in the air, and you know Arkansas fans are are, are wanting to get over that hump and get to the Final Four. How do you do that? Well, you don't lose to Bradley and Little Rock, so. Let's go get it done. And let's well. Now I will say that there in basketball there is a there's a lot to be said for patient yourself too. There is, but but I agree. You know, uh, this is not the t- because uh, this is this is kind of like the Missouri game for us. It's it's kind of it's starting to irritate us that we keep losing and playing bad in the rock. It's becoming irritating. And we need we need to get this monkey off of our back as a program. Then, if you want to, you know, kind of pace yourself against, you know, I don't know, I have to look down the schedule because I, I hate losing the SEC West teams. I hate that. But um, you know, th- there'll be some spots when when we can maybe maybe take it easy, and you definitely don't want to peak in January, obviously. No, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. It's a good so, point as well. But no, we're we're heading in the right direction. Must has them looking good, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of recruits ready to sign up and and take the spot of the current stars that we have. But like you said, Jackson couldn't say it any better. Uh, let's enjoy what we have, and and uh, just really looking forward to the ride in basketball this year. Absolutely, and uh, man, it's like I always say, man, it's it's always a a, a joy to uh, to sit down and be able to. Sports up with you and all of our faithful listeners out there. And uh, want to say again, it's not too early to throw out a, a, a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. And uh, 
families enjoy sports. And uh, I don't know any other way to close, but amen with that. Amen. Amen. amen.